Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. I'm Brad Binkley. Monica's taking a little bit of time off, but we'll be back on Monday. In the meantime, she has left some more great material for us to post in the Patreon feed, including, for example, an exploration of the forces that could be responsible for the state of the world today. So if that sounds interesting to you, then this is the time to become a patron at patreon.com slash propaganda report. Here with me today is Cam of the Mad Ones podcast. Cam, how are you? I'm doing all right. A little tired, but you know, we make it through. It's a tiring time in our country, especially with the way they overwhelm us with this news cycle. And our top story of today, everywhere in the news, again, is the ongoing controversy and conflict in Afghanistan and the Taliban, that whole whole story there. So what's going on over there? Here's the thing. I don't know what's going on over there. I have no idea what's going on over there. And most people who are talking about it and reporting on it have no idea what is actually going on over there. What I do know that's going on is a propaganda war is being waged. And the United States media is showing images and video that's very disturbing that is presenting the Taliban as brutal barbarians while the Taliban is taking to social media to present itself as moderate, as tolerant, as worthy of legitimacy. And that's what this propaganda war is. It's a propaganda war of legitimacy. The Taliban wants to be seen as legitimate by other rulers around the world on the global stage. And America is presenting content that is trying to not allow that to happen. That's what appears to be going on right now so the only thing i can say about it is i it would seem as though the taliban would not want us to be there and that at least for now that they would try not to do things that would make america just send a whole bunch more troops back over there maybe you know as time passes they might get back to doing things that might make that happen but i think the only thing that can really be deciphered is that this is a propaganda war being waged so the truth is what is dead here and we have no yeah. idea what the truth is well yeah and that's that like i've I, it happens every time i come on the show i, I mention how blood soaked the media is how the corporate press is that's they want the war they want the troops over there they want their partners they want raytheon to make money they want all of these places to to profit off of this and there there are people that would surprise you uh that work for raytheon like i met someone the other day who works for raytheon and he uh he'll he'll talk a good a good game about not wanting to be in afghanistan but all of a sudden he's He's like, but look what they're doing to Christians. They're crucifying them. And I'm like, what? There's no way. Have you seen videos of crucifixions or something? Am I missing something? Did he say that crucifying them? He legitimately said that there are the Taliban is crucifying Christians. They're pulling them out of their homes and crucifying them. The problem with the state of propaganda that we live in that surrounds us is that when the standard is a lie when everything they tell us is a lie on a regular basis that when they might tell a truth at some point in time we are not wrong for not believing it when everything else is a lie so if something horrible is actually going on over there and it might be how can they expect the public to believe them when everything else they tell us is a lie 
Not to mention that, well, first off, I'll just say, um, if you want to know what's going on in Afghanistan and the whole history of it, uh, read um, Enough Already by Scott Horton or, I mean, or uh, what was the name of his other book? The book that was purely about Afghanistan. Scott Horton knows what he's talking about. Uh, So if you want to check out someone who knows the ins and outs of foreign policy, find Scott Horton, find Will Porter and um, Kyle Anzalone. There are a lot of people doing good work there. But I find it hard to believe that um, they are going that hardcore in the streets where there are cameras and there's still American reporters when they're trying to make China. I don't think China and Russia, regardless of how much they hate America, want to piss off America and see Christians hurt like that because th- that's who they've been contacting. That's who they want to connect with are China and Russia. So it doesn't make any sense. Also, have you seen the trolls that the Taliban has been doing on social media? Oh man. I don't think so. I saw one picture. It was a photo of three Taliban guys holding ice cream cones up to make fun of Joe Biden. I saw oh, they were making fun of Joe Biden. I did see that. I didn't yeah. realize that's what they were doing. They were trolling Joe Biden. And then there's another one where allegedly they found some some of those um, Japanese anime waifu pillows that uh, American soldiers had al- allegedly left behind. And they um, uh, ceremonially executed them and cut their throats on the street. A pillow of the pillows. Like there's, there's like there's some some. There's some trolling going on and it's I mean, I'm not saying a troll can't also commit atrocities, but it doesn't make a lot of tactical sense. And over the last several months, the Taliban has been doing a great job when it comes to tactics. So, well, this I is can't trust war- the American this is media. New warfare. This is new warfare. Right. We can't I don't I can't trust either one of them. And that's the problem. Right. This is the new warfare, this information warfare, the mimetic warfare. We are experiencing the future of war right now. And there will be kinetic war as well. But I don't know about in this conflict, but the combination of information war, of mimetic war and kinetic war, they're all going to they're all going to be this what the future is with the primary means of war being informational, because that's really that's how you capture a country is through their hearts and minds. The real war or the real top story of the day is not that it's this (laughs) story about terrorism on the home front, a story that is a huge win for Joe Biden, and it could not have come at a better time. What happened today, just what Dr. Biden ordered, is a domestic situation that can be used as justification for Biden's fast pull out of Afghanistan and for his ongoing war on what his administration has labeled the biggest threat to America. And that is domestic terrorism. There was an active terror threat in Washington, D.C. this morning that went on into this afternoon, well into this afternoon. A man named Floyd Ray Roseberry, they always give the three names, (laughs) drove a pickup truck onto the sidewalk near the Library of Congress, drawing the attention of the Capitol Police. The driver told the responding officer that he had a bomb and the officer said that the man flashed what appeared to be a detonator in his hand. So the buildings were then immediately evacuated and then after hours of negotiation, the situation was resolved without incident when the man stepped out of his truck and surrendered to the authorities. He is now in custody. They did allude at some mental health stuff during the press conference. That's the gist of what happened, but the most interesting part of this story to me is that 
we weren't just provided with a description of who this domestic terror suspect is in an article that you read. We were given a 30-minute live stream video of this man as he drove to Washington, D.C., and as he sat in his truck outside the Library of Congress, that the Biden administration can now show to the American public to show them exactly what the face of the real terror threat is, what it looks like, what it talks like, what it acts like, what it drives, what it wears. That, I think, is the propagandistic value of this video. When videos like this come out, it's often hard to find them, but this thing had been going on for hours. And False flag was trending on Twitter and I click on yeah. false flag. There's the video right there. Why is that video still up? Because it's there to be found <laughs> because it's there to show to America. Here is what the new face of terror should be. This is what you need to report to the FBI. They're doing this whole of society effort where they're telling businesses, police at the local level, at the state level, they're, they're telling private citizens, you need to, if you see something, you need to say something. They have oper- operation flashpoint where they're training people on how to recognize what a domestic terror threat looks like. They have shown the public the stereotype. This is the profile. I'm going to tell you what he looks like and some of the things he said. And this will this will be used as the new threat. Here's what the American public saw. They saw a 49 year old white man who's bald with a goatee from Grover, North Carolina, from the South, who drives a black pickup truck and speaks like every caricature of a redneck that you've ever seen in an improv show. He had a cowboy hat on his dashboard, which the cowboy hat I'm now labeling as the new turban, because obviously that's the new terror threat. Oh, and his wife says he's a Trump supporter. First time he ever voted in his life was for Trump, and he's been broken up about the election and some other stuff that happened in his life. He is what the media wants you to picture when they say January 6th insurrection. And he said this. He said he and he said it kind of like this. He said, People think it's a joke, but they cleared the block. They need to get Joe Biden down here. I'm not hurting nobody, Joe. <laughs> and he's talking to the camera like he's talking to Joe Biden, but he's got this very matter-of-fact way of, of speaking, a very stereotypical type of speech pattern that you might think of when you think of Redneck South. Yeah. And he went on to say, I'm not pulling the trigger on this thing. I can't. There's no way for me to blow it up. Only you can do it by shooting a bullet through my window. And then he says, you don't want to do it, Joe. I love this land. We got a few options. You shoot me. This two and a half blocks here is gone. And we're talking about a revolution. The revolution is on. It's here. It's today. So he says the revolution is on. Now, they haven't said they haven't confirmed if he actually had explosives in his car while he was driving. In one of the videos, he did kind of flash the camera to the back and say that the back of his truck was filled with any and he said some chemical. They haven't confirmed that or not. And he also said in one of his live stream videos, of course, he said, the South is coming for you. So there you have it. There's your picture of the new threat. There's Joe Biden's excuse to say, you see why I had to pull out of Afghanistan so quickly and hastily? Because we need these resources to fight this threat that is in your own backyard threatening your family. It's incredible. It 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 is. You think this was just a, a casting decision? Or do you think this is like one of those those nice old MK Ultra plants that was just triggered today? <laughs> it's t- it's tough to say. It could have been that. It could have been a casting. It could have been the FBI. Everybody this guy knows in his life is probably an FBI informant who was egging him on to do this. Oh, stuff so he's him- so he's in the KKK. Probably. 
<laughs> I will say this. The false flag stuff that was trending, you had people who were saying, obviously, a false flag. And then you had the people saying, oh, you can't say everything's a false flag just because it was Trump. So you have people on the other side. I suspect that calling this a false flag will be yet another signal that someone has been radicalized into a QAnon, Trump-loving mm-hmm. terrorist. So even calling out a false flag will be a signal that you're a domestic terrorist. Yep, you're a conspiracy theorist, so thus you're a terrorist. Yes. It's, a, it's, it's, it's the work they do. I mean... It's you need pretty, to watch this video. Incredible. Yeah, it's extraordinary. If you can't find the video, <laughs> I did pull it just in case, but it shouldn't be hard to find. I saw some people took it down, but it was trending on Twitter as of four o'clock this afternoon. I just I have to wonder when the South, if ever, will stop being the state and the North's whipping boy, because I'm I'm tired of it. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, I'm not even from Mississippi, but seeing all of the stories out of Mississippi today, it just goes to prove how much with that guy saying the South is was it South is coming for you. He didn't it's even say the South you. will rise again. It, he might as well have said the South will rise again. He might as well have had <laughs> a Confederate flag tattooed on his head. <laughs> but uh, they hate. The, well, I and mean, that's what's interesting is I see all these these articles Um Two of them were talking about how uh, over 20,000 Mississippi students in COVID quarantine after first week of school with 5,993 students testing positive for COVID and teen deaths are on the rise. The teen deaths, it could be car accidents. They just say teen deaths right. are on the rise in the same right. context. <laughs> and that's what's that's what's it's like. Uh, the other day, they were talking about how teen deaths were on the rise, and there was a list of five teens who had allegedly died of COVID. Only one in the list actually said explicitly died from COVID. There was yeah, all they just there changed the way they report the deaths. It's so easy yeah. to manipulate the numbers. They can just determine if someone died of COVID. It doesn't matter if they didn't, if they had 18 other comorbidities, they can just say it's COVID. And if somebody's vaccinated and they die, they can just say that it was the comorbidity that caused the death. It's so easy to just manipulate those numbers. Yeah. And I, it's, it's one of those things like in recent days, with the exception of Florida and uh, when it comes to the South and Texas somewhat, uh, I so I was reading this story and it says that Mississippi quarantined twenty thousand students, so they're going along with this. And you know, people in uh, Alabama, like we talked about yesterday, are, are sneaking their kids into getting the vaccine vaccination, and uh, they they have all of these. And I'm like, why are they going along with it when the other states, like Texas and Florida, aren't? What is what is the deal with that? And then I remembered. I was like, let me let me look at this chart because I remembered a chart and. As it turns out, those two states, Alabama, Mississippi, uh, and several others, uh, Kentucky is a notable one, Virginia, these are all the states that are in the top 10 of receiving federal funds per person, per capita, in the country. And so these are states like Florida, not on this list, on the top 10 at all. I, I, I can't remember what the actual like. So Florida... They get a lot of federal funding, but it's like $12 per resident. And uh, Mississippi's is $6,880 per resident. And so the, they have a, a 
vested interest in going along with the federal government, what the federal government is saying. And so yeah. Alabama, uh, oh, Georgia's not on this list, but I'm, I, I, I've heard some stuff about them as well. Um, Mississippi. And it's like, first off, those states are trying to do everything they can to look good for the state, for the federal government, to look good for the CDC, all of that. And then you have the re- return fire from the corporate press and from uh, <laughs> the state with with stories coming up like person hospitalized after taking livestock ivermectin from feed store to treat COVID-19. This is the where did same that guy thing live? that they were doing before. They try and demonize <laughs> a cheap solution, a potential solution that could work because if you have a, something that solves this problem and it's cheap and everybody can afford it, then it will undermine their entire effort. And so they can't let that happen. Biden did say yesterday, I think it was yesterday, that they're going to cut federal funding to the nursing homes that do not require yes. vaccination. So what you're saying is dead on with those the, the states that take most money from the government. Yeah, they, they if if the yeah, I read that as well. I came up on my news feed today was if um, Joe Biden is going to cut all federal funding to Medicare and Medicaid to nursing homes, if their entire staff 100 percent isn't fully vaccinated. And you know what that's going to do is that's going to cause people to not want to work those jobs. And those are some of the toughest jobs to work. And it's hard to fill those jobs anyway. So what he's doing is making an already difficult job to fill even harder, taking care of someone else's elderly family member in those types of situations is an extremely difficult job. And Biden is making it tough for them to do that. Yeah. Well, and, and it's in it. They're going to be. Must be watching CNN. there, your kids again. As soon as they saw Don Lemon, they started screaming. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's just it's it's it, it's all par for the course. You have a, a false flag that mentions essentially the South rising. You have uh, some bumpkin in Mississippi eating horse ivermectin and killing himself um, or getting hospitalized in the least. You got uh, 20,000 Mississippi students in, in quarantine. And then I was talking to an Australian lady today and the Australians, even the ones who are very moderate are not happy. They're, they're done. And so I'm sitting there in Florida as someone who bucks the system, who doesn't like it. And she's just saying like all of the stuff that I'm thinking a little bit, you know, Ned Kelly would still roll in his grave for the way these people just take it. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm, I'm heartened by the fact that the, uh, the penal colony, uh, is starting to feel the, the weight and they're wanting they're to They're on lockdown, it. like pretty hardcore. They're getting some of the strictest measures over there from what oh, I yeah, understand. New South Wales is awful. There was a video the other day of one of their health ministers telling people not to talk to their neighbors. Like don't, yeah. when you pass your new neighbor, don't talk to him. Yeah, I think it's tough over there. It seems like it seems yeah. like they're foreshadowing what could come over here with some of the measures they're taking. I sure hope not. I, I I'd like to think that we're a little bit more rebellious than them, but I mean, for God's sake, it was a it was a penal colony. How how do they not have more rebellion than we do? <laughs> so this guy who took the ivermectin from the feed store. That is very similar to the hydroxychloroquine or the chloroquine story where 
this was back when hydroxychloroquine was first in the news where they say that a man who was a Trump supporter saw Trump talking about hydroxychloroquine and he found an ingredient in his in fish cleaner, fish tank cleaner. Yep. Remember the story? And so yep. he drank some of it because it had chloroquine in it, thinking that it might help him not get COVID, him and his wife. Hey, and he if you just add dying. some water, if yeah. you just add some water, then it's hydrochloroquine. There you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the whole thing was blamed on Trump. And we're getting this story from his wife, right? That he thought that Trump's Trump is to blame for his death. Turns out that she was to blame for his death, that she did it and she was charged with murder. Uh, here's one thing that I heard the other day um, that I don't know about. And so I thought maybe you would. So I'll ask you if you don't, we can move on. Um, but uh, the people are saying that ivermectin works, that it it treats COVID. It can even be used as prophylaxis in some way. I've heard that it works. And um, according to this person that I talked to, he was saying he uh, he was a doctor. I won't name him because he's he doesn't want to lose his job. But his theory um, is that the um, emergency authorization of the vaccine uh, is tied to the fact that there was no drug that was known to work to help ease or get rid of COVID. And so in order to have that be authorized, ivermectin or hydrochloroquine or any of these these things that you can use cannot be proven to work because if they are proved to work, they lose their emergency authorization. And so that's why they're fighting against these drugs because the, the pharmaceutical companies want to continue their trials and be able to sell this before it's even FDA approved. I don't know if it works. It does make you wonder because this yeah. it would make sense. It would undermine their their profit. It would it would destroy the entire thing. It would it yeah. would remove all of the need for everything to have a cheap solution for this stuff. The lockdowns, mm-hmm. the mask, all of it would be unnecessary. So they cannot yeah. allow an easy, affordable explanation. Before we get to our final story of the free thirty, which is going to be about the coordinated media effort to smear anti-mandate protesters and how to use their own tactics against them. I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the Patreon 15, which is how social media trains moderates to become outrage machines. And OnlyFans makes a surprising business choice. I also want to say thank you to the sponsor of today's show, Liberty Gear. LibertyGear.net is an online store that embraces liberty and mocks the ridiculousness of these COVID times that we are living in. They offer masks, shirts, posters, mugs, and much more, all with protest-like slogans on them that will put a smile on your face. If you have to wear a mask but you don't like it, you might as well make a statement while you're doing it and put on the Obey or the Flatten the Lies mask from Liberty Gear. And if you're the type that doesn't wear a mask but maybe likes to ironically mock the situation we all find ourselves in, then you are the exact type of person that Liberty Gear was created for. They got a lot of products you're going to like. They'll even customize your gear just the way you like it. Just email them through the Liberty Gear website and let them know what you need. And for Propaganda Report listeners only, you're going to get a 10% discount off all orders. Just enter the promo code PROPAGANDA, all lowercase, when you check out and you'll get that discount. Support us by supporting our sponsors. That's LibertyGear.net. 
check it out. And if you're not a Rockfin subscriber yet, check us out on rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Rockfin is an emerging video platform that's kind of like a combination of Netflix and YouTube without all the Soviet-style censorship. So, for one price of $9.99 a month, you get not only all of our premium Rockfin videos, you get all the premium content from all the content creators on the platform. And there's a lot of good ones there. You got Jimmy Dore, Sam Tripoli, you got the Mad Ones. We just put a new interview up earlier this week, and we will be dropping a deep dive deconstruction of a propaganda group that Biden has been following the orders of in lockstep. So make sure you sign up through our page at rockfin.com slash propaganda report. I think you're going to like what you find there. Now on to our final story of the free 30. So we've been talking about the anti-mandate protests that have been rising across the country, and they very much have been. People have been standing up in their locales, and a lot of this protest action is happening in public hearings. Public school boards, board of supervisors meeting, any public hearing where you can speak to legislators, you can speak to council members. We're seeing viral videos on a daily basis, and there, the media is worried about this. They were talking in a couple articles I saw earlier this week about how the last little haven for misinformation are these public hearings where people are allowed to get up and speak freely. And that in the past, these didn't used to be blast across social media. But now because the hearings are always public, they're always live streaming on the government's website, they are picked up and they spread through Twitter, they spread through Facebook, and it's led some governments in local locales to stop broadcasting them to stop allowing them to be live streamed. However, people are still filming them on their phones. So they're still getting attention because it's happening at such a scale that it cannot be contained. So that's a good thing. When the protests have reached the level that they cannot be fully suppressed because people are using social media in a good way to spread it, then the media has to take a new approach. And this is old propaganda tactic. If you can't shut it up completely, then you take control of it and you try and use it for your benefit. You try and control the dissemination of it and control the narrative and the meaning of it. And we know that is happening now because these anti-mandate protests have hit the main stage. And you know they've hit the main stage when Stephen Colbert spends over half of his monologue demonizing and smearing private citizens who were speaking at a local public hearing in San Diego. And I'm going to tell you a couple of things that he said, how he referred to them. This was a board of supervisors meeting in San Diego. He called these people crazy. He called them insane. He said it was the most insane thing he'd ever seen in his life. They cut clips, obviously out of context, because you could hear the guy would stop mid-sentence and he would just arrange the clips in a way where it made the people sound like complete lunatics. But you could tell that they were saying different things and then the clip would just be cut off and then some nonsensical thing would be thrown in. Colbert would go, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen after each one of them. That's like his punchline to all of it. Or his punchline is looking at the looking at the crowd going, oh my gosh, we're all going to die. Stuff like that. Just yeah. really smearing these people. What they would call in comedy is they would call this punching down, is when someone of a yeah. higher status is punching down. So they ended this. They ended this clip by this little montage with Colbert playing a clip of the craziest person who spoke there, which was a big, fat, white guy with a bright neon shirt on who had long, dirty dreads, who 
at one point started screaming at the committee like he was a brimstone preacher screaming that their children are going to be asked about their vaccines or that their children are going to be persecuted. Then he gave a demonstration of what their children are going to be forced to scream in the future. And he starts screaming into the microphone. Hail Fauci. Hail Fauci. It was hilarious. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. It was very funny. However, It's not very effective because it is fuel for people like Stephen Colbert to take this person and make him be the picture of what everybody else who is anti-mandate is like. And that's not true. This guy could have been a plant for all we know. So that is what not to do. If you are going to go speak at these protests, and, and I encourage people who have something to say to do it. In fact, we're having a patron saint Zoom party this weekend on Saturday from two to four We do these monthly Zoom roundtables, which are conversations with patron saints around specific topics, and we've done independent healthy living, stuff like that. We're doing one about activism, about this type of activism this upcoming Saturday. So if you are interested in this and you want to talk about it or if you have experience with it, then become a patron saint and you can come to the Zoom party on Saturday from 2 to 4. If you do want to do something like this, I would encourage you to keep your audience in mind and to know that anything you say can and will be taken out of context by people who are trying to smear you. So be mindful of that so you can be mindful of how you present the information. Here's a couple of things to do. You want to be heartfelt, but you don't want to be out of control with your emotions. So controlled, heartfelt delivery prepare for what you're going to say when you go to. A lot of people go up there and go off the cuff, and that's okay. But if you want to be powerful in in the way that you're affecting them, you want to kind of organize your thoughts. You want it to be filled with emotion, but you want the heart to be the fuel. You want the mind to drive what you say. If you come in with a good argument, people aren't going to be able to counter because most people don't actually think their arguments through. And bring evidence. If you're going to come in there and you're going to make an argument, bring your evidence with you. One thing people make fun of Alex Jones about is when he shakes the papers and goes, I have the documents. I have the documents right here. (laughs) That is a very effective method because if you actually have information that backs up your claim, whatever that information might be, then people will look at it, print copies of it, make it available to everyone. Don't force it on people. Your audience is not just the committee. Your audience is also the other people who are there. And it's also the people who are watching watching on the live stream. So let the people on the live stream know where they can go, a website to go find the evidence and tell the people who are there, I've brought copies for everybody. I'm not going to force them on you because I'm not like them. I'm not forcing stuff down your throat like them, but copies of what I'm presenting to you are here for you to look at if you want to. So be reasonable about it. Don't ask people to switch sides from one polar end to another polar end because that's not going to happen. So ask them to do what they can do, which is consider new evidence that they haven't seen yet and arguments that they have yet to hear. If you ask people to consider reasonable things then they will consider reasonable things and they will look at evidence. That is a way, one way to be effective in meetings like this. And there's plenty of other ways. I'd love to hear listeners ideas of effective ways of communicating this information as well, because there are so many ways people just need to be strategic about it. And I think people should start using Indivisible's tactics against them. I'm going to give you a few quick ones before we get out of here. Indivisible is the activist group that's all over the country, and they do a lot of stuff 
like this as well. And here's some things that they recommend in their instructional materials. You want to go ahead and get a camera person there that is friendly to you, that you know. So they are filming you. So you get all of your stuff out. You don't have to rely on somebody else's feed that could be taken out of context. You can control the feed and you can release all of it if someone tries to smear you. Get a friendly journalist. Find someone at a local publication who you know, develop a relationship with, and tell that journalist what you're doing. Say, hey, hey, I'm going to go speak at this school board meeting. It's story worthy right now. They're reporting about this. Ask them if they will accurately report it. So a journalist there who knows what you're going to do that will accurately report what you do instead of smearing you. And then have a social media blitz ready and have it built around hashtags. So get a bunch of your friends who believe in what you believe in. You have the video, you have the article that was written, and now you're going to have a social media blitz that blasts the video and blasts the article around all of your social media accounts around the same hashtag so that it picks up some steam. You can even contact organizations, maybe even if you don't like Fox News, but you think they might give attention to it or whatever publication might give attention to it, they won't smear it, contact them with it, tweet it at them. Simple tactics like that, a little bit of organization like that will spread those messages. They can't control all of social media. They can try, but they cannot control all of it. And as long as they can't control all of it, we have to make the messages louder than they can stop. People are doing that. We just need to be louder than them. Get your friends and make some noise. Yeah. And and don't use Nazi salutes. Don't use Nazi salutes. And if someone does, call them out. It's ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> all right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that we post every time we post a DNB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and join up there. We will talk to y'all next time or in the Patreon 15. Check out Cam's podcast, The Mad Ones. He has a lot of great conversations on there. We had a philosophical conversation last night oh yeah went well (laughs) it went well yeah they should listen to it yeah i will see y'all later